The Confessions by St. Augustine. Translated by E. B. Pusey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne. Book 8. Augustine's 32nd year. He consults Simplicianus. From him hears the history of the conversion of Victorinus, and longs to devote himself entirely to God, but is mastered by his old habits, is still further roused by the history of St. Anthony and the conversion of two courtiers. During a severe struggle, hears a voice from heaven, opens scripture, and is converted, with his friend Alypius, his mother's vision fulfilled. Chapter 1 O my God, let me, with thanksgiving, remember and confess unto thee thy mercies on me. Let my bones be bedewed with thy love, and let them say unto thee, who is like unto thee, O Lord. Thou hast broken my bonds in sunder, I will offer unto thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And how thou hast broken them I will declare. And all who worship thee, when they hear this, shall say, Blessed be the Lord, in heaven and in earth, great and wonderful is his name. Thy words had stuck fast in my heart, and I was hedged round about on all sides by thee. Of thy eternal life I was now certain, though I saw it in a figure, and as through a glass. Yet I had ceased to doubt that there was an incorruptible substance, whence was all other substance, nor did I now desire to be more certain of thee, but more steadfast in thee. But for my temporal life all was wavering, and my heart had to be purged from the old leaven. The way, the Saviour himself, well pleased me, but as yet I shrunk from going through its straightness, and thou didst put into my mind and it seemed good in my eyes, to go to Simplicianus, who seemed to me a good servant of thine, and thy grace shone in him. I had heard also that from his very youth he had lived most devoted unto thee. Now he was grown into years, and by reason of so great age spent in such zealous following of thy ways, he seemed to me likely to have learned much experience, and so he had. Out of which store I wished that he would tell me, setting before him my anxieties, which were the fittest way for one, in my case, to walk in thy paths. For I saw the church full, and one went this way and another that way, but I was displeased that I led a secular life. Yea, now that my desires no longer inflamed me, as of old, with hopes of honor and profit, a very grievous burden it was to undergo so heavy a bondage. For, in comparison of thy sweetness and the beauty of thy house which I loved, those things delighted me no longer." but still I was enthralled with the love of woman, nor did the apostle forbid me to marry, although he advised me to something better, chiefly wishing that all men were as himself was. But I, being weak, chose the more indulgent place, and because of this alone was tossed up and down in all beside, faint and wasted with withering cares, because in other matters I was constrained against my will to conform myself to a married life, to which I was given up and enthralled." I had heard from the mouth of the truth that there were some eunuchs which had made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake, but, saith he, let him who can receive it receive it. Surely vain are all men who are ignorant of God, and could not out of the good things which are seen find out him who is good. But I was no longer in that vanity, I had surmounted it, and by the common witness of all thy creatures I had found thee our Creator, and thy word, God with thee, and together with thee one God, by whom thou createst all things. There is yet another kind of ungodly, 
who, knowing God, glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. In this also I had fallen, but thy right hand upheld me, and took me thence, and thou placed me where I might recover. For thou hast said unto man, Behold, the fear of the Lord is wisdom, and desire not to seem wise, because they who affirmed themselves to be wise became fools. But I had now found the goodly pearl, which, selling all that I had, I ought to have bought, and I hesitated. Chapter 2. To Simplicianus, then, I went, the father of Ambrose, a bishop now, in receiving thy grace, and whom Ambrose truly loved as a father. To him I related the mazes of my wanderings. But when I mentioned that I had read certain books of the Platonists, such as Victorinus, sometime rhetoric professor of Rome, who had died a Christian, as I had heard, had translated into Latin, he testified his joy that I had not fallen upon the writings of other philosophers, full of fallacies and deceits, after the rudiments of this world, whereas the Platonists many ways led to the belief in God and his word. Then to exhort me to the humility of Christ, hidden from the wise, and revealed to little ones, he spoke of Victorinus himself, whom, while at Rome, he had most intimately known. And of him he related what I will not conceal, for it contains great praise of thy grace, to be confessed unto thee, how that aged man, most learned and skilled in the liberal sciences, and who had read and weighed so many works of the philosophers, the instructor of so many noble senators, who also, as a monument of his excellent discharge of his office, had, which men of this world esteem a high honor, both deserved and obtained a statue in the Roman Forum, he, to that age a worshipper of idols, and a partaker of the sacrilegious rites, to which almost all the nobility of Rome were given up, and had inspired the people with the love of Anubis, barking deity, and all the monster gods of every kind, who fought against Neptune, Venus, and Minerva, whom Rome once conquered, now adored, all which the aged Victorinus had with thundering eloquence so many years defended. He now blushed not to be the child of thy Christ, and the new-born babe of thy fountain, submitting his neck to the yoke of humility, and subduing his forehead to the reproach of the cross. O Lord, Lord, which hast bowed the heavens and come down, touched the mountains and they smoke, by what means didst thou convey thyself into that breast? He used to read, as Simplicianus said, the Holy Scripture, most studiously sought and searched into all the Christian writings, and said to Simplicianus, not openly but privately and as a friend, Understand that I am already a Christian. Whereto he answered, I will not believe it, nor will I rank you among Christians, unless I see you in the Church of Christ. The other, in banter, replied, Do walls then make Christians? And this he often said, that he was already a Christian. And Simplicianus as often made the same answer, and the conceit of the walls was by the other as often renewed. For he feared to offend his friends, proud demon worshippers, from the height of whose Babylonian dignity, as from the cedars of Libanus, which the Lord had not yet broken down, he supposed the weight of enmity would fall upon him. But after that by reading and earnest thought he had gathered firmness, and feared to be denied by Christ before the holy angels, should he now be afraid to confess him before men, and appear to himself guilty of a heavy offense, in being ashamed of the sacraments of the humility of thy word, and not being ashamed of the sacrilegious rites of those proud demons, whose pride he had imitated, and their rites adopted, he became bold-faced against vanity, and shame-faced towards the truth, 
and suddenly and unexpectedly said to Simplicianus, as himself told me, Go we to the church, I wish to be made a Christian. But he, not containing himself for joy, went with him, and having been admitted to the first sacrament, and become a catechumen, not long after he further gave in his name that he might be regenerated by baptism, Rome wondering, the church rejoicing. The proud saw, and were wroth, they gnashed with their teeth and melted away, but the Lord God was the hope of thy servant, and he regarded not vanities and lying madness. To conclude, when the hour was come for making profession of his faith, which at Rome they, who were about to approach to thy grace, deliver from an elevated place in the sight of all the faithful, in a set form of words committed to memory, the presbyters, he said, offered Victorinus, as was done to such, as seemed likely through bashfulness to be alarmed, to make his profession more privately. But he chose rather to profess his salvation in the presence of the holy multitude. For it was not salvation that he taught in rhetoric, and yet that he had publicly professed. How much less then ought he, when pronouncing thy word, to dread thy meek flock, who, when delivering his own words, had not feared a mad multitude. When, then, he went up to make his profession, all, as they knew him, whispered his name one to another with the voice of congratulation. And who there knew him not? And there ran a low murmur through all the mouths of the rejoicing multitude, Victorinus, Victorinus. Sudden was the burst of rapture that they saw him. Suddenly they were hushed that they might hear him. He pronounced the true faith with an excellent boldness, and all wished to draw him into their very heart. Yea, by their love and joy they drew him thither. Such were the hands wherewith they drew him. Chapter 3 Good God, what takes place in man that he should more rejoice at the salvation of a soul despaired of, and freed from greater peril, than if there had always been hope of him, or the danger had been less? For so thou also, merciful Father, thus more rejoice over one penitent than over ninety-nine just persons that need no repentance. And with much joyfulness do we hear, so often as we hear with what joy the sheep which had strayed is brought back upon the shepherd's shoulder, and the groat is restored to thy treasury, the neighbors rejoicing with the woman who found it, and the joy of the solemn service of thy house forceth to tears, when in thy house it is read of the younger son, that he was dead and lived again, had been lost, and is found. For thou rejoicest in us, and in thy holy angels, holy through holy charity. For thou art ever the same, for all things which abide not the same, nor for ever, thou for ever knowest in the same way. What then takes place in the soul, when it is more delighted at finding or recovering the things it loves, than if it had ever had them? Yea, and other things witness hereunto, and all things are full of witnesses, crying out, So is it. The conquering commander triumpheth, yet had he not conquered, unless he had fought, and the more peril there was in the battle, so much the more joy is there in the triumph. The storms toss the sailors, threaten shipwreck, all wax pale at approaching death, sky and sea are calmed, and they are exceeding joyed, as having been exceeding afraid. A friend is sick, and his pulse threatens danger, all who long for his recovery are sick in mind with him. He is restored, though as yet he walks not with his former strength. Yet there is such joy as was not, when before he walked sound and strong. Yea, the very pleasures of human life men acquire by difficulties, not those only which fall upon us unlooked for and against our wills, but even by self-chosen and pleasure-seeking trouble. 
eating and drinking have no pleasure, unless there precede the pinching of hunger and thirst. Men given to drink eat certain salt meats, to procure a troublesome heat, which the drink allaying causes pleasure. It is also ordered that the affianced bride should not at once be given, lest as a husband he should hold cheap whom, as betrothed, he sighed not after. This law holds in foul and accursed joy, this in permitted and lawful joy, this in the very purest perfection of friendship, this in him who was dead and lived again, had been lost and was found. Everywhere the greater joy is ushered in by the greater pain. What means this, O Lord my God, whereas thou art everlasting joy to thyself, and some things around thee evermore rejoice in thee? What means this, that this portion of things thus ebbs and flows alternately displeased and reconciled? Is this their allotted measure? Is this all thou hast assigned to them, whereas from the highest heavens to the lowest earth, from the beginning of the world to the end of ages, from the angel to the worm, from the first motion to the last, thou settest each in its place, and realizest each in their season, everything good after its kind. Woe is me! How high art thou in the highest, and how deep in the deepest! And thou never departest, and we scarcely return to thee. Chapter 4 Up, Lord, and do! Stir us up and recall us, kindle and draw us, in flame, grow sweet unto us, let us now love, let us run. Do not many, out of a deeper hell of blindness, than Victorinus, return to thee, approach, and are enlightened, receiving that light, which they who receive, receive power from thee to become thy sons. But if they be less known to the nations, even they that know them, joy less for them. For when many joy together, each also has more exuberant joy, for that they are kindled and inflamed one by the other. Again, because those known to many influence the more towards salvation, and lead the way with many to follow. And therefore do they also who precede them much rejoice in them, because they rejoice not in them alone. For far be it, that in thy tabernacle the persons of the rich should be accepted before the poor, or the noble before the ignoble, seeing rather thou hast chosen the weak things of the world to confound the strong, and the base things of this world, and the things despised, hast thou chosen, and those things which are not, that thou mightest bring to naught things that are. And yet even that least of thy apostles, by whose tongue thou soundest forth these words, when through his warfare Paulus the proconsul, his pride conquered, was made to pass under the easy yoke of thy Christ, and become a provincial of thy great king, he also for his former name Saul was pleased to be called Paul in testimony of so great a victory. For the enemy is more overcome in one, of whom he hath more hold, by whom he hath hold of more. But the proud he hath more hold of, through their nobility, and by them, of more through their authority. But how much the more welcome then the heart of Victorinus was esteemed, which the devil had held as an impregnable possession. The tongue of Victorinus, with which mighty and keen weapon he had slain many, so much the more abundantly ought thy sons to rejoice, for that our king hath bound the strong man, and they saw his vessels taken from him and cleansed, and made meat for thy honor, and become serviceable for the Lord unto every good work. Chapter 5 But when that man of thine, Simplicianus, related to me this of Victorinus, I was on fire to imitate him. 
for for this very end had he related it. But when he had subjoined also how in the days of the Emperor Julian a law was made, whereby Christians were forbidden to teach the liberal sciences or oratory, and how he, obeying this law, chose rather to give over the wordy school than thy word, by which thou makest eloquent the tongues of the dumb, he seemed to me not more resolute than blessed, in having thus found opportunity to wait on thee only. Which thing I was sighing for, bound as I was, not with another's irons, but by my own iron will. My will the enemy held, and thence had made a chain for me, and bound me. For of a forward will was a lust made, and a lust served became custom, and custom not resisted became necessity, by which links, as it were, joined together, whence I called it a chain, a hard bondage held me enthralled. But that new will which had begun to be in me, freely to serve thee, and to wish to enjoy thee, O God, the only assured pleasantness, was not yet able to overcome my former willfulness, strengthened by age. Thus did my two wills, one new, the other old, one carnal, the other spiritual, struggle within me, and by their discord undid my soul. Thus I understood, by my own experience, what I had read, how the flesh lusteth after the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. Myself verily either way, yet more myself, in that which I approved in myself, than in that which in myself I disproved. For in this last, it was now for the more part not myself, because in much I rather endured against my will than acted willingly. And yet it was through me that custom had obtained this power of warring against me, because I had come willingly, whether I willed not. And who has any right to speak against it, if just punishment followed the sinner? Nor had I now any longer my former plea, that I therefore as yet hesitated to be above the world and serve thee, for that the truth was not altogether ascertained to me, for now it too was. But I, still under service to the earth, refused to fight under thy banner, and feared as much to be freed of all encumbrances, as we should fear to be encumbered with it. Thus with the baggage of this present world I was held down pleasantly, as in sleep, and the thoughts wherein I meditated on thee, were like the efforts of such as would awake, who yet overcome with a heavy drowsiness, and are again drenched therein. And as no one would sleep for ever, and in all men's sober judgment, waking is better, yet a man for the most part, feeling a heavy lethargy in all his limbs, defers to shake off sleep, and, though half displeased, yet, even after it is time to rise, with pleasure yields to it. So was I assured, that much better were it for me to give myself up to thy charity, than to give myself over to mine own cupidity. But though the former course satisfied me and gained the mastery, the latter pleased me and held me mastered. Nor had I anything to answer thee calling to me, Awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. And when thou didst on all sides show me that what thou sayest was true, I, convicted by the truth, had nothing at all to answer, but only those dull and drowsy words, Anon anon. Presently, leave me but a little. But, presently, presently, had no present, and my little while went on for a long while. In vain I delighted in thy law according to the inner man, when another law in my members rebelled against the law of my mind, and led me captive under the law of sin which was in my members. For the law of sin is the violence of custom, whereby the mind is drawn and holden even against its will." but deservedly, for that it willingly fell into it. 
Who then should deliver me thus wretched from the body of this death, but thy grace only, through Jesus Christ our Lord? Chapter 6 And how thou didst deliver me out of the bonds of desire, wherewith I was bound most straitly to carnal concupiscence, and out of the drudgery of worldly things, I will now declare and confess unto thy name, O Lord, my helper and my redeemer. Amid increasing anxiety, I was doing my wonted business, and daily sighing unto thee. I attended thy church, whenever free from the business under the burden of which I groaned. Alypius was with me, now after the third sitting released from his law business, and awaiting to whom to sell his counsel, as I sold the skill of speaking, if indeed teaching can impart it. Nebridius had now, in consideration of our friendship, consented to teach under Verisundus, a citizen and a grammarian of Milan, and a very intimate friend of us all, who urgently desired, and by the right of friendship challenged from our company, such faithful aid as he greatly needed. Nebridius, who was not drawn to this by any desire of advantage, for he might have made much more of his learning, had he so willed, but as a most kind and gentle friend, he would not be wanting to a good office, and slight our request. But he acted herein very discreetly, shunning to become known to personages great according to this world, avoiding the distraction of mind thence ensuing, and desiring to have it free and at leisure, as many hours as might be, to seek, or read, or hear something concerning wisdom. 